Welcome to another episode of On The Line. My name is Christina Kay. I'm Joe Mullings, and in studio today, I have got a um, super special guest, my first partner in the search business, and my college roommate from the University of Dayton, Ohio, James Kevin Weber. Hey, Jim, welcome aboard. I'm excited to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me today. Uh, yeah, Joe and I started in, I think we were five years old in 1992. <laughs> and uh, we were in business together a couple years and we both wanted to expand. And and then uh, we, we we set up our own businesses and we do tons of work together. We collaborate on a lot of projects and sharing ideas. And we've been good friends since 1980. And, uh, and, and, 1980. And 1980. University of Dayton, Ohio, Founders Hall. That's right. And, and we Joe, actually ended up getting together because we both had been thrown out of our dorms for creative thinking. I, I tend to tell people um, we were relocated. We were, we were resettled right. in the Founders Hall, right. and it was really good. It was really good. The universe roommates. always has a way to have certain people be put together. Okay, so you guys have a long storied history. Absolutely. What Joe's, uh, you know, Joe had a special party up in New York, and then I met some people at that party and it introduced me to some new people, and I moved to Germany six months after graduating from college and I lived overseas for kind of a subset company, a subsidiary of Chrysler Corporation and uh, worked for various affiliates of theirs for seven, eight years, which I was only in the States and for 10 days in those eight years and uh, worked in seven countries, lived in seven countries, worked in 14. And I came back to uh, my final country of Miami huh. in 1992. And that's when Joe and I started our business, February 1992, just uh, 26 years ago. Pretty exciting. So has it been the, a continuous business for 26 years? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we wanted to talk to you about today. Okay. Because small businesses, startups, they have a very high likelihood of failing. It's rumored to be nine in 10, but that's not true. It's about 50% of businesses don't make it past the first five years and you've made it to 26. And I was wondering if potentially you could share some insight as to what you think the secret sauce was for you to make it this far past that two-year mark, which is infamous, that five-year mark, which is deadly, and then that 10-year mark, which seems to be the last hurdle, that once you make it past 10 years, it gets exponentially easier. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, half those businesses go out within two to three years um, because of lacking a vision and commitment and passion. And then, and then you find companies from two to 10 years on life support. They're just laying there on the respirator, waiting to, waiting to pass, waiting to fail. They're, um, they're not making money. They're not being creative. They're not changing the game. And I think I think the most important thing is that uh, that passion of what you want to accomplish. Uh, you know, when we were young, when Joe and I were young, uh, a lot of it was... Um, I'm still young. <laughs> fear, fear of failure. Failure is not an option. So I think number one is failure is not an option. And you never, ever, ever, in my vocabulary, is the word no or can't. Is this how and why and let's get it done yesterday and whatever we make up for in, if we're lacking in some sort of intellect or some sort of perspective that will make us move faster, we outwork the competition. Mm -hmm. So I think that those are things, that passion, that vision, uh, failure is not an option. If you have that goal and then you're able to just continually be passionate about working on that goal and continuing to execute and execute and execute in a positive way, learning from mistakes and changing with the markets. There, there are times I remember that we lost three or four major clients that supported all our business for the previous two years in one month, maybe in one week. They both they devoured each other. They both merged together and the companies disappeared. And that was our source of income for four years. 
So it was like, and that was in that one, and that was that window of year six in business and go, oh my God, what am I going to do? And just had to say, okay, I have to restart again, get the same passion, the same energy and implement the best practices that we always did that led to our success. And what's fantastic about out of that change and challenge, we became a better firm. And when other business came our way, we were more prepared for that bigger business. So that challenge of losing four major accounts in three weeks that supported all our revenue for the previous two years, that was a big hit. But how we reacted to that and adjusted made us a better company and a stronger, more profitable company. After 10 years in business, I went from survival to picking and choosing what clients we work with and taking on challenges and being able to roll with the punches were really, really huge. Is that a long answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good one. And you know, as Jim points out, failure only occurs when you stop trying. Right? We always say that there's no, there's no failure, there's only outcomes. And, and that's an important thing to process. You know, failure is only when you stop. Right. And then it's not what happens to you. It's what you do. Right. He could have easily said, oh, three of our top clients bailed and, you know, we could have gone fetal and had an excuse or instead use it as an impetus for just getting new business and changing the way you do business. You know, Christina, that's right. Joe's got a great point about excuses. I hear it all the time. Oh, because this person made me fail or this event made me fail. It's the lack of accountability. And I also think another thing that's been really successful that, you know, I talked about outworking, but I also think consistent work, consistency. We have, if you identify best practices and execute all the time and do and do and do, and then consistently executing all the time. And that's what I do best is that I'm always there. I'm always consistent day in and day out. I have a friend of mine, she's going to start a business. And I said, I hope you learn a little bit from how I operate and how I execute. And your employees are going to do the same thing because they know what works. And that breeds success. And I think that's what helps entrepreneurs be really successful. Do you remember the first two years? Do you remember that that sort of famous potential mortality point of any business? Do you remember pushing through those two years and what that felt like? Well, I was right next to Joe and thank God Joe was with me because Joe had some experience in our business. We were telling clients we're in business 10 years, we're in business 11 minutes and, <laughs> and, and that was fun. And we were getting clients like Pfizer and Johnson Johnson to work with us. But we, we encountered tremendous turbulence in our first year. If you could imagine, we started the business cold calling out of a big thick book and just cold calling in the morning, just getting names of people to call in the afternoon, calling those people. No computer, no internet. No computer, no internet. <laughs> right. And people would mail us resumes, and we get those or fax those if we had fax paper that day. And um, <laughs> you know, we didn't have the tools to work a certain volume, and we didn't have the reputation yet, though we tried to create our reputation very quickly. Right, Joe? Yeah. And uh, But think about it. We just started getting traction. It takes three to maybe three months to go through a cycle of one revenue cycle. So that takes us to June. We're starting to get traction and something called Hurricane Andrew hit Miami. I'll never forget that. And we were there and we had to shut our business down five months of being open. That was really tough. Wow. We had to restart a month later. Um, Where were we, you? We were in Miami. Coral Gables. Coral Gables. Coral Gables. We were right there. And, uh, and my house was ground zero at the time. Yeah. We had evacuated to Joe's place. Our, our whole team evacuated Joe's <laughs> place because the hurricane was supposed to hit Hollywood, Florida and it wobbled south. And Joe, we were right ground zero. We were literally within five miles of the eye. And, and it was amazing. Uh, what a night that was. Mm -hmm. What a night that was. We uh, actually, I remember we, I had an old BMW 320i. 
we took it out. We went down to the Grove. I think we were the first people down there driving yeah. through water because it floods down. It was there. right after the hurricane. Like like minutes after. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. Boats were on the right. front lawns and everything. It was amazing. Yeah, I'll never, yeah. I was went on down to Senor Frogs, I think. And, and wasn't Frogs open? Oh <laughs> 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 You know, you, you mentioned you mentioned those first two years. So the word that always comes to mind is, and, and Jim had, had called it hard work for a long time, and it's really endurance. I prefer to use that word endurance. It just brings a different mindset. Uh, when you pick your path, expect to run a marathon. Don't come in on the sprint. We talk about that a lot. But having the endurance, you need to select something that you're going to get into that you absolutely expect to be in for a long time. Endurance beats intelligence. Endurance beats hard work because hard work could have a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, Joe. Ants work hard. And, and you've got to work effectively. And I call, you know, Joe talked about the endurance for the marathon and, well, the sprinting. Well, it, to answer your question about what drove success, and I even made presentations about this to other recruitment firms, uh, made several presentations in the title of it, Sprinting a Marathon. The intensity and the endurance together. So move fast. Because what Joe and I accomplished in two years as a search firm took other firms maybe 10 years. Joe had a concept we developed to focus on one industry and be great at it. And that was Joe's concept, and that turbocharged our growth and our success. But then we executed, and we acted like there was a sense of urgency. And I've got a lot of energy and a lot of urgency. And so we sprinted a marathon, and we were in shape for that 26-mile run, but we're also in shape to do those 100-yard sprints. And a lot, a lot of people can't do that. So we prepared ourselves mentally. And again, failure's not an option. We were going to win by hell. You know, we're going to do it. We're going to survive no matter what. And it was going to be that that sprinting that marathon. We wanted to get it done yesterday, so we came out really hard, really fast. And I'm still sprinting marathons. I don't, you know, we're talking about work. We're talking about consistencies. I really go to work every day, like I did in like 1993. Yeah, I tell you my know? people upstairs. Some of them they get in a little late than me. You know, I pride myself 6:45. I said, I show up every day like I'm broke, and you guys are showing up every day like you're millionaires. And, you know, that's the mindset because after a while, although keeping score is money in business, right? Let's just admit it. I don't think Jim nor I show up anymore for the money. I think what we show up for is the game. And and it's the game that is really gets me jazzed up. I, I don't keep score by money any longer, um, fortunate enough. But it's all about like absolutely just what is the game? And then how do you change the game? And that's that's where we're also indexing towards is changing the game. And within that game, there are macro cycles and micro cycles. And that's what Jim alludes to, sprinting and long distance, sprinting and long distance. And you've got to realize when you're in a micro cycle and kick it up to 440 speed or when you're in a macro cycle and pace yourself um, and not meaning resting, but pacing yourself for the marathon. So now, you know, apparently after the 10-year mark, it's exponentially easier. And this is data, right? And obviously everybody's going to have a different story in a different situation but how would you compare the 10-year mark to the 20-year mark? And how are you still sort of putting in that, that startup muscle to a company that's had such great longevity? I, go, I, go, go, yeah. go first, Jim. Well, first of all, after the 10 years, I, I, I differ a little bit with your you know, hypothesis a little bit because I think that if you get, quote, fat and lazy – at 10 years or two years or five years or 15 years, you will go under. Mm-hmm. Um, you will get caught flat-footed. 
and I took a little bit of a break these last uh, you know two months, and I feel myself flat footed. So I'm putting in this, and I was at work yesterday, quarter of the six, you know, because uh, I felt fear and I felt, oh my gosh, I have to get back to my track, what I need to be doing right now, and and um, and so I think that it 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 is easier because you've established yourself. But then you could get lax, and you have to keep the you know pedal on the metal. So you know you know, and and I think that's very important. And I think that the maturity of where you redefine the business from ten years or twenty, you know, because we learn new things in the tenth year, we put those in practice, and we monitored and implemented, made some changes, and now at the year twenty is a lot different than year ten because we're much more confident, we're more we're a proven brand. So we have a different type of client expectation, the client relationship. Before we're trying to fight to get the client's attention, now we're managing the client really as a partner. By the 20th year, clients are really business partners, and we always wanted that partnership, but we could never get it. And, and now we're completely in the door, and you know they want to be in our room as much as we want to be in theirs. So I think that's the big difference between 20 and 10, Joe. Yeah, so... And it never gets easier. So when it's funny, I, I coach a number of startups and entrepreneurs and, and you know, they say, yeah, when I get there, it's going to be easier. If you're really a true entrepreneur, it never gets easier. You just happen to get better at the things you were not good at in year five and at year seven and year 10. And if you truly want to change the world in whatever you do, you will constantly be reaching for the things that are incredibly difficult to do that others don't even potentially think of doing. And so the load gets heavier, but you get better at the load. So that's number one. And I think the difference between me and year two, five, 10, and now 27 is in the beginning, I was fixated on developing myself and I was fixated on top line revenue. It's shifted over the last couple of years and it's made all the difference in the world is Every single teammate who works with me is my priority. And, and that dynamically changed how I've been rewarded. And so the development of people is really my only driving force right now, which in turn, when you step back, feeds the success of the entrepreneurial endeavor. That's, that's been my shift. That's huge. Yeah. That's really huge. I mean, we feel it down here even, and I'd imagine the bullpen it's even more just because they're with you and they're they're making the calls, you know. But uh, I'm wondering because I I like to feel good. I like good heavy endings. If there was a message of hope for any business owner out there who's really struggling, what would that be from either of you? I would say um, get your arms around what you believe you're struggling with and see if you're the symptom of it, right? And the second you can get that defined and have that self-awareness and discipline to see if you are your own problem, get that defined first, and then see if you can get somebody to help you fix it. So that's number one. Number two is if you're not your problem, then you are your problem. Because all challenges in any business or endeavor comes down to the person who's trying to drive it. And that chases its tail, that statement. But think about that for a while. It's never what's happening outside. It's always what's happening inside that is your greatest enemy, that allows your ego to get in the way of driving decisions. And the second you let ego or pride dictate your strategy, you're done. Add fear to that equation too. Is uh, I, I'm going to first go on Joe's point, self-awareness Joe was talking about. 
I think the self-awareness and working on your strengths and weaknesses and applying it to the model of whatever service or business you're bringing, whether you're making hot dogs or some sort of consulting business, you've got to work on that execution. And also, I think that it's really important for the person to realize maybe you're not in the right business. But if you think the model's right, then you have to look at yourself. Because sometimes then people wouldn't realize when they're executing on their business, they come across challenges that will make them change. And they don't want to change sometimes because they feel they're beyond that or their fear of learning new tricks. I suffer from that. I've got to learn new things. So I've got to deal with that. But it's me, you know, and I think that's real important. So the message is it's hard, but this, you know, the muscle. Everything the, worthwhile is hard. Right, yeah. Right? What is easy? <laughs> right. right. If, if, if it was easy, everybody would have it. Right. right. And everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Well, not everybody, but people are jonesing to be entrepreneurs and drive their own future and drive their own outcomes. Um, just like, what did Tom Dieter say? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Right. Right? It's the same thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people say, oh, I want money, I want money, but their behaviors don't match that. They don't, they don't work hard. And you shouldn't open up your business for money. Mm-hmm. It'll come. Money's a byproduct of executing on what you love. And people need to realize that because if you're chasing the dollar, then you're going to make short-term decisions because that's where the dollar lies. But if you execute with massive power, energy, and love at what it is that you believe you were born to do, you've got a better chance. Well, I think one of the things that leads to a Joe's success and our success is uh, – we, when we make decisions, we're thinking more about the impact of the decision three or four years down the road or maybe three or four months down the road with the client. And we're very, when, we, when we're making decisions just not to get that check today, that's so transactional. Every time we talk to candidate and we built our businesses one call at a time and one client at a time, one successful placement at a time. But every time I work with a candidate, Every time I work with a client, I'm really thinking about that relationship two or three years down the road. And a lot of people, when they start a new business, they're so worried about that first two or three months or getting that check now, get that check now. From the outset, I don't know why, but we're given the awareness to think long-term strategically with that relationship. And I think that was real key. It came out of Joe's genesis of focus on one industry. And I, you know, I adopted that and provide this excellent customer level of service and relationship building, so that's never tactical. It's never a sense that I, I need to close this deal today because I don't, and I don't want to. And even if I needed the money, I would never act that way. It was always create a feeling and a focus on the long term, and I think that's that ties to Joe's point. And it was never about that short term buck, because those I've seen a lot of people go after short term dollars and they fail at between they're successful in the first two years. Those are the ones that fell in, in the thirty six month. Well, thank you. Is that it? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't own a business and I thought it was valuable. So. <laughs> All right, great. And Jim's no longer a podcast virgin. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, you have to come back. Uh, for sure. I love it. Cool. All righty. Well, I'm thank Joe Mulling. So oh, wait. Well, I'm Joe Mulling. No, you go first. This has been another episode of On the Line. My name is Christina Kay. And I'm Joe Mullings, getting out of line as usual. And I am Jim Weber. <laughs> <laughs>